Matt Wright. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Alex P. Keaton Snicker, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom, taking you through the ins and outs of this week's events uh, to tell you what is happening. And uh, it's been a while. Sorry, sorry that I've been gone uh, so long, guys. I've had to do some real soul searching to try to figure out stuff, but we're going to get to that later. Now, no matter where you are watching this, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching this on Twitter, if you're watching this on Facebook, uh, be sure that you hit the like button, comment, 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 and uh, share it. Share it with everybody out there so everybody out there can find out uh, what it is to live freely. Um, before we get into the show, before you know, Alex and I start talking about you know whatever's going on in our lives, uh, we have to pay the bills, and that means that it is time for mud water. Mud water is the coffee alternative that is made with masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. It has one-seventh of the caffeine as coffee, but will keep you going all day long. And if you think that that sounds like it tastes disgusting, well, do I have a treat for you. Alex, would you mind trying this? Oh, do you actually have some mud water? I do, yeah, and I made it specially for you. Oh, so is it warm then? It is. Is it you, served you normally do, warm? You can do it warm. You can do it cold. I prefer it warm, personally. I added honey just to... So you added some honey to I this? I added some honey to it. All right. Okay, so hold on. I've never tried this before. You had no idea I was doing this. D yeah, I had no idea you were even going to do this. Yep. So I'm going to now officially try the mud water. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, that face was just because it was so hot. Though, hold on. Okay. That was just a hot face. That right. was not a. Sorry. That was I, not a taste face. That was a hot man. That shit's hot. Yeah, I like oh. it. I like it really hot. Well, I guess you do. Hold on a second. <laughs> you know, now that I'm tasting it a little bit, it actually it doesn't taste that bad. No, it's not that bad at all. Hold on. All right, hold on. It doesn't smell again. great, but it doesn't. It does not taste as bad as. Uh... It doesn't taste as bad as people think it's going to. You know what? It, I'll tell you what it has. It's very earthy. It's earthy. Earthy is a good word for it. You know, that's a word for it. That's a word for it. It's earthy. It's not bad. No. It's not bad. It's yeah. not bad. But it and you say you put some honey in it? I did. I threw some honey in it because it does kind of, because it has a bitterness to it, but the honey kind of cuts it with the sweet. So, um I said that it tastes like the bottom of a hobo's foot. And if you can prove to me it doesn't, do it. Uh, Joe Hanush said, I was told it tastes bad for false advertising. I never said it tasted bad. I said that it tastes like the bottom of a hobo's foot. And if anybody wants to prove me wrong, please do. Um, but yeah, that has one-seventh of the caffeine, but you actually do get a pretty good energy buzz throughout the day. Um you can enjoy that throughout the show if you would like. Yeah, I think it will. Right. I think I will. Hold on. Did let me put the, this over. Wait, did you see what the cup says? This is what sexy libertarian looks like. Yep. Oh, it says the same thing on both sides. So no matter which way you're, whether you're left yeah, or, this right. is an ambidextrous sign. It is. It's an ambidextrous cup. Um, All right. There you go. So uh, I was, I've been listening a lot to your show over the last few weeks. Yeah. You guys have been killing it adrian's been wrong a lot it's been hilarious <laughs> um 
Adrian's been so wrong a lot. I don't remember any specific instances, but I'm going, that's not factually accurate, Adrian. Uh, yeah. But uh, he did not take a two kilogram crap the other day. It didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but um, you guys have been you guys have been crushing it. Uh, so for anybody who doesn't know, Alex has a show called Alex and Adrian's Unattended Baggage that he hosts with Adrian Wiley. Yep. Um, and you can find that on whatever podcasting platform you like to listen to. And uh, it is a fantastic show. It comes out every Saturday. That's right. Yep. I listen to it on Monday, so I'm never really sure. Comes out every Saturday, um, and if you are a subscriber to their show, like I am, you get two full hours or more. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Normally, the second hour goes a little bit longer. It does. Yeah, it's, it normally goes a little longer. And there's some things that we talk about in the second hour. There's one thing I brought up in the second hour that I didn't bring up in the first hour on purpose, just because you know it was that the LP thing. Oh yeah. That I didn't bring up in the first hour just because right. I was I was very angry. I get that. I was very angry. So. I absolutely understand that. I guess we don't need that one up anymore, do we? Um, ooh, almost hit the wrong button. All right. Um, so, yes, from 2014 LP governor candidate, Adrian Wiley was the governor, the candidate for governor for the Libertarian Party in 2014. He got the most amount of votes of any governor, Libertarian running for governor in the state of Florida a record that won't be beat for a very long time. And this man right here was his campaign manager. Well, I was part of the team. Yeah, I wasn't. You know. He was on the team. Um, I didn't like Alex back then, oddly enough. Now I love him. You know, I can understand why, though. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not a likable person, obviously. It happens. And you know what? It all depends on the day you catch me. It's true. It's true. Um, but now, look at us. We do this together. Yep, now we're sitting so close that we could make out. We could. <laughs> We could, but we won't. All right, so let's get into the news. Yeah, let's get into the news. So uh, Jimmy Carter is now in hospice care. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I did hear about this actually, do. And, and look, he's look, he's a very old person. He's 98. Yeah, he's an old guy. He's old. Who, who I would argue probably did more past presidency than any other president. I would agree. I would agree. Like, he's that. done a lot. I mean, he... Habitat for Humanity, that's his deal. Yep. And that's everywhere. And look, he focused a lot on, I mean, I guess you could say non-governmental things. Like, yeah. you know, it was non-governmental stuff that he was focused on. So I would say, I mean, the thing about it with Jimmy Carter is I don't, like, I don't hate Jimmy Carter. So no, not like, not like a lot of people who are older than us do. Like my dad, my dad, my uncle, like a they hated him, right? They hated him. I don't hate him the same way that they do. And and no, honestly, I don't hate him at all now. Like no. he's going to die soon. So I, I look, I, I hope that him and his family have a, a, a very peaceful time and that he, you know, is, is able to spend some time with his family and friends before he dies. Yeah. I don't have anything bad to say about Jimmy Carter. I don't though. either. Like, and from what I, like, I understand that under, Jimmy Carter, you had outrageous inflation, uh, you had a, a outrageous inflation, which turned into an outrageous recession. Um, and, you know, that feels really familiar. Uh, he, people said that he was weak on, uh, on foreign policy, feels familiar. Uh, basically, we're living through Jimmy Carter 2.0 right now. And I think that anybody, anybody who disliked Jimmy Carter is looking back now thinking, no, Jimmy Carter wasn't that bad because he was at least deregulating 
he was he deregulated a lot. He is responsible. He's responsible for the Department of Education, which I don't like that at all. And if there is a gripe I have with him, it is that. But outside of that, I wish I wish him, uh, you know, a peaceful passage here in his final however long he's going to be in hospice. Well, no. And the other thing is this. If you look at like what we're dealing with as far as presidents go now, that it was a completely different time when Jimmy Carter was there. The, the, the power that the presidency has was, was in many ways different than it is right now. So in some aspects, we're just not in the same, like Jimmy Carter would be still considered the modern era, but man, there's a whole lot of things that have switched up. Like if you look at the debate between Bush and Reagan in 1980, in 1980 yeah. when they talked about immigration and you see what's going on on either side pretty much right now, it ain't even the same ball game. It like is. it ain't even the same sport. So like we're not in the same world that we were in. Like it, this ain't the same world right now. And look, you could argue that like, you know, some problems were caused by Carter. I guess you could say the inflation thing, definitely, you know, the gas crisis, the gas crisis. you know, things like that could be, can, could you could, you can lay at his feet, but Boy, I mean, would you rather have a Jimmy Carter back than what we got right now? <laughs> At 98? I would rather. Oh, if you think about it, by the way, so you're only talking about a 20-year difference between this guy dying and Biden now in office. Yeah, that's true, because he's 78, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's 78. So, yeah, there's only a 20-year 20, 20 difference between Jimmy Carter and Joe Biden. That's like, we are, we are being controlled by old people. We, and we and I'm been. and I'm and I'm sick of it though. Oh, no, like I'm so sick and tired of these eighty-year-olds and seventy-something-year-olds being in office. Like we had we had a like with Obama and uh, with Obama and Bush and Clinton, it was like it was trending younger for a little bit. Mm -hmm. It was trending younger, not like super young. I think Bush was 42, 44. I don't remember when he when he, what, what his age was, but he was that it was definitely trending younger. It was it was trending younger because you had you had Bush Senior and he was old. I don't know how old, but he was old. And then Reagan, he was the oldest president ever at the time. At the time. At the time. Now and started losing it in office. Yes, he was absolutely. Losing you know, it past couple. You know, the after the first after the first term was over and into the second term is when he started losing it. Right, especially toward the end, and people said that Nancy Reagan was the one that was kind of being acting as the de facto president, which you're seeing right now with uh, Jill Biden. People are saying that she is acting as de facto president and just kind of pulling the strings. Um, which I mean, I look. Could you argue about the Nancy Reagan one? Or the, it, it, it's funny how as much things have changed, they have stayed the same too, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I think they talk the same thing about Eleanor Roosevelt. Or not? What was it, Eleanor? What was the Eleanor FDR? FDR's wife was Eleanor, Eleanor right? Eleanor yeah, Roosevelt. yeah, yeah. They were saying the same thing about her when the toward the end, mm -hmm. Leo, when he had the old noodle legs going on, and he, you know, they didn't want to show him below the waist because they didn't want him to appear weak. Yeah, and Hillary too. They they did the same thing with Hillary and Bill. Yeah, it's it's weird how in one aspect, if it's a a, a strong woman. And this brings us to the next, the next one. Very well. But if you have a, a stronger woman, how sometimes that's frowned upon in these aspects. 
And don't get me wrong. Look, I think that you, when you elect one person, you're not electing the wife, you know, or the husband, you're electing that one person. Right. You know, like to give you an instance. So let's do a comparison. Let's say that Kamala Harris, because you've never heard how Kamala Harris's husband is really running the show. Right. Like, it's just it's just Kamala Harris is, you know, her husband doesn't have any. I don't it, even know his name. I don't remember it either. Well, yeah, I've heard it. And if somebody said it, I would know. Oh, yeah, that's Kamala, yeah. Kamala Harris. I'd have to know the last name, though, in order to really know. Right. But you don't ever hear about him stepping in or doing things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. But when it's the other way around, you hear that happen all the time. So is it now, is it, is there blame there or is it just, you know, the opposition attacking? I don't know. Uh, I don't know which way you want to look at it. I don't know. But that brings us kind of to our next, uh, our next topic here. John Fetterman, the God, I feel bad making fun of him so much right now, but oh well. Uh, the uncle fester from Pennsylvania, uh, he, uh, he has been hospitalized for depression, uh, and I believe he checked in on Friday. Now, this was after earlier in the week, um, Kamala, uh, Joe Hanush says Kamala Harris's husband was making out with Jill Biden yeah, at the State of the Union a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I, it was just a kiss. It was, yeah. There was no tongue. There, there was, was no, no tongue. tongue. It was a little awkward. Well, I just don't think you do that at a state of the union address, no. though. Like, I think it's off. I think it was not. It didn't have class. Right. I agree with that. But, it you was, know, it was weird. How about she just went down on him right then and there? <laughs> have Kamala in the back with like a strap on fucking, you know, never mind. OK, I'm totally going down the wrong <laughs> road. With this does. Um, uh, back to Fetterman. Paul Pelosi's there with the guy that was there with the hammer. Um so yeah, Fetterman, he was hospitalized, but he was hospitalized earlier in the week uh, because he was fearing he was having another stroke. And as we all remember back in the 2022 election uh, last summer, right before he got the nomination, he got a, he had a stroke, a massive stroke. They said that it was a life-threatening stroke, and then they did not suspend his campaign. One of the major things that people have to deal with whenever they go through a stroke is depression. That is a massive uh, side effect of having a stroke. It, is, it affects like 60-something percent of people who have strokes, especially strokes of the size and magnitude that he had. So that is something that he was going to have to deal with. Plus, when you take into account that he had the stroke and then you pushed him out there and you could see that he wasn't really all a hundred percent there. Like he was having trouble during some of the, he, he had trouble in the debates. He had trouble in debates. He had trouble in interviews. Um, they, but they're like, no, it's fine. If you say anything bad about this, you are being an ableist for somebody who's going to be in charge of leading our country. Um, you're going to be an ableist. So they pushed him through and then he got one of the potentially most stressful jobs you can get. I don't know how stressful being a senator is. I bet you it's pretty fucking stressful. I think it is. I, I would imagine it. Is. Yeah, I no. I think it's a mixture of lax. Yeah, it's definitely not for a person that just had a stroke. It's that's for right. sure. And then, so he goes to D.C. His his wife and his kids are still up in Pennsylvania. He's in D.C. by himself doing this job where he's having trouble understanding people because he can't, the auditory responses aren't working quite as quickly as they once were. And he falls into this massive depression after thinking he's having a second stroke. Now, 
a lot of people get uh, treatment for depression where it's out of where it's at home or, or, you know, in person where you have to go to a therapist. We, we all know somebody who's done this, who's gone through it, but he's getting in per like he's staying in the hospital, get treatment for depression, which means that this is a serious case that he's going through. Mm-hmm. This is a really serious case that he's going through. And they keep saying he's going to be fine. Now, people in Pennsylvania are questioning this and they are starting to ask, uh, you know, should we have somebody replace John Fetterman as Senator? And many people going back to what we were saying earlier, uh, are requesting that Giselle Fetterman's wife, Giselle Fetterman, take his place in the Senate. Now this is the woman that when he had the stroke said, no, he's fine. He can, he can keep going. Nope. He can keep going. You, you can't attack him because if you attack him, you're being ableist because he's having trouble with the auditory responses. What if she pushed him to keep running after the stroke, thinking there was a chance she would be able to get the power? I mean, I think that's what happened, but I, I mean, I, I was, I was, I didn't want to interrupt. So I wanted to make sure to kind of yeah. let you get through your whole take on this Remember. one. First off, I do feel bad for Fetterman. I do. I do feel bad. I do. I How, don't like the guy. However, however, I will say it this way. I don't really feel bad for him anymore. Like I feel bad in one aspect. I do feel bad, but in another aspect, I would feel, I would be okay with feeling bad if he were to have not like decided at that point not to run, but he, he did decide not to, he did, he made the decision too. it's look, if he wanted to quit, he could have quit. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Did his, did his wife push him and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, like your medical condition, you shouldn't have done this. You know, you're not going to be able to represent the people of that state. Well, but in their mind, and, and, and look, there's a lot of people that are, that are political people that are, that, that, that look at it this way. He was willing to do anything and his wife was willing to do anything, anything. to make sure that he won that seat. Right. That's what they were willing to do. Now, is that evil? Yes. I'd argue. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'd argue I that yes. it is. I would argue that it is. However, however, like I'm, I'm not happy with his wife either per se, but I'm not as mad at her because ultimately he got to look, he had enough to, he had enough wherewithal to be able to say, I want to continue. But so I don't have any, like, I don't have any um, firsthand knowledge of anybody who's had a stroke. Okay. That's not true. I've met like one person, but like, I don't have like close knowledge of anybody who's had a stroke and maybe somebody in the comments can kind of answer this for me. Cause I don't know, but are you after a stroke, especially a stroke of the magnitude that Fetterman has, did, do you have the wherewithal or are you just going based on what people are telling you? That That's the only thing. That's where I'm like, okay, maybe this isn't as black and white. Like he didn't say, yeah, I want to keep going. Maybe it was more, maybe it was more, everybody was telling him, yes, you can continue. You can keep going. And he was like, I can keep going. Cause he was just kind of repeating back. 
No, that's true. No, no, that could be the case. And, and I see in the comment section about, you know, look, that definitely could have an ability, uh, something that could in, in, impact decisions. Like medical condition can totally impact the ability to make that decision. I, I do think that that's possible, but that's also when your family should come in to protect you. And that's where that's I put where, the blame at, right. where they didn't, they were probably, no, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And I'm, and maybe in the back and look, I don't know his wife. Like I've, I've never seen her. I don't know her. I don't know anything about her, Listen, but he, he, I know enough to know that she was willing to have her husband go through that kind of hell and not, have him have him stay at home in order for him to heal. So in that aspect, I you are a bad person. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I, what I will say about Giselle is that uh, John outkicked his coverage by a wide margin. What's that now? John he outkicked his coverage by a wide margin. He's punching way out of his weight class. Well, no, and here's the thing: how bad does Fetterman have to be in order to lose to this guy? I mean, I mean, how how bad is Oz got to be in order to lose to this guy? Uh, so somebody, uh, somebody said earlier, Oz, where is it? I think yeah, Scientific Libertarian 2.0. Yeah, but Dr. Oz looks smugger than Trump, which was ominous. Um, and on top of that, people accused him of being a carpetbagger because he had never really lived in Pennsylvania. I think he had a house in Jersey and then like he a house in pennsylvania to run or yeah. something along those lines um, which he was though he, he absolutely was now the governor uh and his aides uh fetterman's aides are saying that he will probably return but if fetterman is unable to return if he can't return this is a nightmare scenario for the democrats yeah, because then both seats are going to be up in the twenty four election cycle, right? Because the only they get a replacement. They get they get to name the the governor gets to name a replacement. And Shapiro just won the governorship, and he's he's a lefty. He's a Dem, so he's going to replace him with a Dem. Whether, of course, whether that's Fetterman's wife or whoever, uh, a lot of people are saying it should be Fetterman's wife in Pennsylvania. They don't get the choice, as somebody pointed out. I think it was Hanush, um, but they don't get the choice. But if if he does replace him. Two seats will be up in Pennsylvania, both Democrat seats in 2024. Yep. Well, and that's, and look, and that's why they're really wanting to hold on. But isn't that kind of the problem though? Like if you're willing to put somebody through what they're going to put this, what they're going to put this guy through for six years and you're not really able to handle it, but they're going to do it anyway, just for the numbers. Like that's just a, a level of. Isn't. It's it, it, cynical is not the right word for it. Isn't, like sociopath is a better word for it. Isn't that kind of what they're doing with Biden though? Yeah. Well, no, they're sociopaths in that aspect. Right. Look mean, how many times like they did it with, but you know what they did it with Reagan. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like there's other people they've done it to. Like they've done it with other people because they look and look. And I think Joe put this up here earlier. There was one about um, this is why the government shouldn't be so powerful. Or this is the problem with a very powerful government. Um, oh, right here. Yeah. Wouldn't be a big deal if the government wasn't so powerful. You know what? That's a, that's a really, really, really good point. That's by the way, Joe, great that's a great point is that this wouldn't be a problem if the government wasn't doing so much and such had such an impact on your life. And the fact that it does is a, is a, it's a problem. Yeah. You know, it's a problem, but again, you're not solving that problem. That, that problem ain't, well, probably ain't ever going to get solved, but it definitely ain't getting solved today and it ain't getting solved with this one guy, you know? 
And look, and you got a lot. Look, when it's that big, um, <laughs> what they're doing to Biden is elder abuse. Yeah, probably, but he might deserve it too, though. Right, I mean, um, he does. Like, how the fuck do you show up in Ukraine? Like, how the fuck do you show up in Ukraine right now in a there. fucking war zone? We're gonna get there. <laughs> oh, sorry, 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 sorry. We're getting there. All right, all right, keep going. Later. We'll keep going. Sorry. That's later. Um, so yeah, uh, whether or not Fetterman gets replaced or not, I don't think that they'll. Be, I think that they're gonna Biden him up and like just try to get you know a marionette up there to make him dance the Democrat dance for the next. I think they'll do it in twenty five. I think they'll do it in twenty five, so it'll happen in twenty six. You think that they'll lose the two years? Well, I think they're only going to be willing to lose two years instead of losing four years. And it's not both seats up at the same time. It's only one seat up at a time. Right. That's why. So I figured that they would do it in 2027 or right after 26. So that, yeah, but if you do it in 27, then it doesn't matter. You might as well stay the whole time because well, then it would be the same election that it would be normally anyway. Well, you'd still get the two years. Mm, you'd okay. still get the two years. So you get the full six. You'd get the full six from a Democrat before it went up for an election. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, if that's what they want to do. I mean, either way, it's... it's Look, either way, it's a sad state of affairs. And in one in one aspect, I do feel bad for this guy. But in another aspect, I just don't, though. I don't. Like, you're... Yeah. Again, you are... If, if, look, if you have a wife that's like that, you need to find, you need to find a new mate. <laughs> but again, he's probably... Look, I'm sure that they're committed like this, though. Like, it's one of these things where, like... I'll bet you he does want to do it. I mean, he, he probably does. Like, he probably does. But uh, he probably does want to do it. But at the same time, you don't know if that's the decision he's making or if that's what's uh, – or if that's what he's um, being told. Like, it, it, just the scenario – the entire scenario makes it where you don't know if he has the mental capacity to be able to say, yeah, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So uh, – Speaking of strong female spouses, Doug Emhoff's wife. <laughs> uh, you look that up. Yeah. I see you. Uh, Kamala Harris took time this week to stop gushing over how much she loves school buses in Munich to uh, state that the U.S. has formally concluded that Russia has committed crimes against humanity during the ongoing war in Ukraine. Maybe true. It might be true, but... Uh, There's a lot of reports that we've gotten from independent sources that kind of say that. I would, I'm would. i not saying that they didn't do it. I'm absolutely not saying that they didn't do that. But couldn't the same thing be said about the United States? Oh yeah. I mean, in that, <laughs> look in that aspect, I mean, you could say that, but again, there's a different story. Like, like Russia was pulling people, Russia is pulling people, or at least when they were, when they were getting territory, they were pulling people out of the country and bringing them over to Russia. Right. Like it was just like, I mean, come on, you know, I mean, ah. again, here's the thing. The, the way I look at the Ukraine situation is there is no good guys in this one. There, there is no good guys in this one, but Russia is definitely the aggressor in the situation. There's no getting around that part. So you can't give them a pass when they're the one. Look, it ain't Ukraine crossing over their border. It's the other way around. Russia's going into Ukraine. They may think they have some justification, but they're still the ones that are crossing over the border. Sure. And they're the ones that are, you know, like Ukraine's defending their turf. Again, 
I may not like it. I may not like how they're doing it. I may not like, you know, I may not like any of it, but like these guys are defending their turf. Ultimately, Russia's the bad guy here or the worst guy. I shouldn't say. Bad I, yeah, guy. I was going to say, I wouldn't say the bad guy, but I would say the worst of the two. Hey, look, Biden, Putin's just got to make it to July 1st, man. <laughs> just make it to July 1st, man. It's all I all I need at this point is for Putin to get all the way to July 1st because I got a dollar bet on this one. A silver dollar bet. Silver dollar. So Joe Biden, as we all know, spent President's Day with his favorite president, Vladimir Zelensky. Yes. Decided to go over to America's 51st state and hang out with that guy. Um, and so after he finished checking in on Hunter's investments, making sure that everything over there is going smoothly because mm-hmm. he gets 10%, um, he decided to give a speech in front of the Ukrainian people in Kiev. Now, before we get into that, uh, there's a lot of the press is going out there today and yesterday talking about how brave this was and how amazing this was. And uh, I even saw Dave, I'm sorry that I'm going to call you out on this one. Presidents go into war zones all the time. And that's true. Presidents do go into war zones all the time. Usually it's ones that you are fighting in. And people are talking about how brave this is, but literally almost every Western nation's leader has gone to Ukraine already. This is not anything new. Like people have been doing this the entire time. Many senators have gone over there. Congress people have gone over there. Biden's like the last in a long line of people to go over there. And I wish I had the audio on this, but people are talking about how brave it was and how amazing it was. And he comes out and the air raid sirens are going and they look up and it kind of gives you that tense feeling that, um, it kind of gives you the tense feeling that they uh, are in a dangerous situation. But the CNN news anchor, when this is going on, literally says, I haven't heard any missile strikes here in weeks. I haven't heard an air raid siren in weeks. They did it for a publicity stunt. They set off the air raid sirens for a publicity stunt to make him appear like he is stronger than he is as a leader. Yeah, yeah. Listen, look, this was all done for optics, but this is one of the most dangerous things that you could do for optics. Now, and and to the point, presidents go into war zones all the time. You're right. But what Matt said is absolutely true. That ain't our war zone. Where we, Congress has made no declaration of war in this. Look, they've been giving Ukraine all the money and all the weapons and all that kind of stuff. That's true. They've done all those things. And I guess should we go back? Should we go over there and look look at our investment? I mean, I guess, but like, what if Russia? I mean, and and somebody else said something here. Um, uh, Biden brave. They let Russia know he was coming. They did tell Russia, like it was a secret, but not to Russia. Yep. Russia, knew. Russia knew. Now, I, did they tell Russia to try to say like, I dare you to do something to Biden and cause World War Three? Maybe, but it's a dangerous situation to put the president in. Any president, I don't give a look, I don't care if it's Biden or Trump or Obama or Bush or any of them. You just you're opening yourself up for something really bad to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. So when Biden was there, he gave a speech and the soundbite that everybody hears. I did just so you know, I did not do like the notes that I normally do with all the video stuff. So you just get to hear me read stuff today. But um, one year later, Kiev stands. And Ukraine stands. Democracy stands. The Americans stand with you. And the world stands with you. Now, 
yes, one year later, Kyiv stands, Ukraine stands, democracy. I don't really understand how Ukrainian democracy works, so maybe, possibly. Um, and There's been mixed reports at best. Right. To say it politely, it's right. been mixed reports. But do you make those decisions during a war? Right. It's fair. And the Americans stand with you and the world stands with you. Now, granted, right now, roughly 53% of America uh, supports the supports the funding of the Ukraine war. About 53. So a coin flip essentially supports the funding of the Ukraine war. That's not America standing with you. No. The world standing the world stands with you. We're going to get into China a little bit later, but they are part of the world and they aren't standing with Ukraine. Um he also announced that they are going to be sending another 500 million in assistance from the U.S., but did not promise any new advanced weaponry. However, Lindsey Graham, everybody's favorite South Carolina, Magnolia Thunder Pussy. What's that from? I he what was that was his screen or that was his? Uh, no, that's the name we made up for him. Oh, is that the name you made up for? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a trademark. Magnolia Thunder Pussy. Oh, okay. Lindsey Graham. I legitimately thought that was like his secret service call handle. Oh shit. No, no, no. Magnolia Thunder Pussy is our nickname for Lindsey Graham. But he said that uh, the U S is going to start training uh, Ukrainian fighter pilots. Cause we're about to bring them the web, the, 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 yeah, we're uh, gonna give them the jets. Yeah. We're going to give them the jets. We're going to give them, we the were jets. always going to give them the jets. We just have to look like we're not involved in the war, but then you show up on their soil. I don't know how Russia does it. I mean, we're totally involved in this war and we've said it as much. Like we actually, at this point, they should just declare war. Now, hold on, finish your point though. I want to get back to this though. And this This right here. Yeah. So, uh, first off BDSM guru, which, Hey, that's kind of cool. It's a good screen name. It is. I Um, I love BDSM. That guy's great. Yeah. So if some of the Ukrainians want to be Russians, why not let them be? Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. I hear you. Move to Russia. Right. Like, okay, look, first off, if you want to go down the road of anarchists, all sovereign territories suck, and that you don't want, you know, you don't want countries to exist at all. Of any kind. First off, I hear you, but also then your point doesn't make any sense because Russia would be a country. Right. So you're not, you can't argue the anarchist part here. You have to argue the status part here. Because of the way that you frame the question, again, I don't know what your ideological background is for BDSM guru, other than, you know, look, you're like a little bondage. Nothing wrong with that. And you're good at it. Obviously, if you're a guru, you're good at it. Yeah, Yeah, obviously. So, but if you're taking it from there is a country called Ukraine and there is a country called Russia, if those people want to be Russian, then they should just move to Russia. Now, is there enough of them that they don't have to move to Russia? You know, I, this is where the kind of the votes get into play where, you know, like there was this overwhelm in Crimea when the Russians came in that there was an overwhelming amount of support for them. I mean, that might be true. It might be. But do you trust the Russian government? Look, I don't trust the American government. Do you think I'm going to trust the Russian government? I'm like, I'm not going to trust either one of them. Yeah, it's it, it's a weird scenario that we're in right now. And I've talked about this on the show before and uh, multiple times, but the American government says something, the Russian government says something, the Ukrainian government says something, the Chinese government says something. And I look at all of them and I go, I don't trust any of these people. I don't believe any, like I'm at a point where I don't believe anything any of the government say. And it, it's trying to figure out what is true in the, 
and the politicized bullshit that they are all spewing and it's like trying to find the one nugget of truth that they are all that they are all telling in the same statement yeah uh what is die hard three what was the name of that one die hard i wasn't live for your die hard what was now, that one? do this uh, one do this one now uh, it isn't an anarchist thought. The Donbass region doesn't want to be part of Ukraine. Right. It, okay. So the Donbass region, Donbass region doesn't want to be part of Ukraine, but Ukraine still has that property. Like the Donbass region should be the ones revolting. Russia shouldn't be coming in and invading. Donbass should just be like, no, I'm out. Well, look, here's the thing. And this is where, again, there's no good guys in this scenario. If they voted and said, we are going to, uh, we're going to go to Russia instead. Should they be allowed? Should Ukraine allow them to do that? And to be honest with you, I mean, again, without looking at the geography of it, because I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at the geography of the Donbass right now. It's on the eastern side, up next to Russia. Yeah, so it's close. Yeah. It's like Crimea, then Donbass, then um, Bucharest or whatever. Yeah, and I, and hold on, and play, put this one up too. God, I'll tell you what, guys, in the comment section, you guys really are. I, I'm just glad people are listening. Um, it goes back to the USSR when Russia took over. They sent Russians to all the satellite nations to breed with them to make Russians. That's part of Putin's stance on protecting. You know what, man? Look again. These are that's a long term thing. It's like what the Chinese are doing with the um um uh the Uyghurs. The Uyghurs. Yeah, that's what they're do they're doing. The same thing with the Uyghurs. Man, communism is fucking evil. It is. It Jesus is Christ! All this is so evil. Man, government's um, evil. Uh, it's a bad situation, it's nonetheless. A, yeah, overall, it is a terrible situation. But the reason Joe Biden went there wasn't because he was trying to show support for Ukraine. They're saying that this was planned for months. This was not planned for months. This wasn't. He had a terrible couple of weeks, and he needed something to make him look like he is a powerful president. So he set that they set this up. He went over there on President's Day to make a show of it. They did the air raid siren to make it look like, oh, look, he's so strong and brave, even though nobody, according to CNN, has been firing over there and they haven't had the air raid siren in weeks. But as soon as Biden was there, they had it. All of this was for show. Yeah, Every total aspect, optics. He, Because of the uh, train derailment in Ohio because of the Chinese spy balloon, because of them shooting down literally everything else in the sky after the Chinese spy balloon. He is looking like he's weak and playing from behind and they needed something. So they said, Hey, we're going to do this. And we're going to say that we planned it for months, but we're going to let Russia know before we get there. That is what happened. Which look at the same time, if you want to avoid a bad situation, letting the other guys know that you're going over there is probably not the best, not, not a bad way to do it, but you shouldn't be going over there to begin with. Right. You shouldn't be going. Over there so, um now hey, hold on. If, okay if we do we want to wrap oh, you still have another point to make i want to no. do this one at the end at the end of this segment okay well yeah we're at the end of that segment. okay so play that put that one up there so bdsm guru says i don't trust any of them either the people don't want to be part of the country they live in i feel that i should support the majority which is eth uh ethnic russian it's a good point it is you know what that's just a good point it is that is a good point. I hope that your whipping is as good as your points when it comes to your BDSM. <laughs> you know, or maybe you're a handcuff guy or a girl. Again, I don't know. And again, BDSM guru is not guy or girl. You could be a dominatrix for all you I know. know. That's absolutely fair. I've always assumed it was a guy. I don't know why. 
You know, honestly, it would be super it, duper hot if it was actually a woman. It would, yeah. It like, would, lie to me. I, you know? I think it's only because uh, I've seen the stats on the show, so I know where our like audience you, Like, the odds are? Yeah, the, the odds are it's, it's, the the odds odds are it's are a man? A um, it's pretty strong odds it's a guy. So, strong, uh, as strong as that freaking cat of nine tails. <laughs> so, Russian military pundits are criticizing Putin. Uh, for the weak performance in Ukraine and have stated that this was after that this uh, Biden going to Ukraine and giving a speech in Kiev um, was tantamount to demonstrative humiliation of Russia. Demonstrative. Demonstrative. That's a better word. Demonstrative uh, humiliation of Russia. Uh, They even stated that with as soft as Putin has been during this war, Biden could have had visited the front lines and escaped unharmed. Ooh, that's a burn. That's a burn. I wish you had a burn clip where you could be like, burn. <laughs> um, wow, that's a burn. Wow, shit. Hold on. Somebody in Russia said that on Russian TV? The former Federal Security Service officer and Russian Army vet Igor Gherkin wrote, wouldn't be surprised if the grandfather, which is what he calls Biden, Mm. If the grandfather, he's not good for anything but simple provocations anyway, is brought to Bakhmut as well, and nothing will happen to him. Well, I mean, Putin's not an idiot. Listen, <laughs> if you were to attack, if you, if Russia were to attack any of the NATO nations right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice to know. Yeah. So if Russia to where were to attack any of the NATO nations, Russia is no longer a country in like 30 days after that. Uh, like we would, we would wipe the fucking map with them. But you, so you NATO would kill them. Na- yes. NATO would kill them, but you've got China on the other side. Do you think a war with China and Russia would go as easily? No, no, not if China was included, but I, honestly, at this point, if, if, Ru- if Russia demonstratively stroke struck first, then China wouldn't be able to get involved. I don't think that's not quickly enough because it would I'm, look, I'm sure they got plans right now that are just like, they're just waiting yeah, for Russia to make a decision. We're going to get there in a second. So, so after the Russian military pundit said what they said, uh, Alexei Danilov, Alexei Dan. I practiced all of these names yesterday for like 20 minutes. And That's I, commitment, man. That's yeah. fucking commitment, by the way. Alexei Danilov, uh, Kiev's National Security and Defense Council boss, called Putin Hitler's twin. Hitler's twin. He also stated that Ukraine would get justice for those who have been killed since Putin invaded a year ago, stating our tanks will be on Red Square and that will be justice. And personally, when I first read that, I thought he meant U.S. and German tanks. Yeah. Yeah. They, you guys don't own tanks. It's either Russian tanks because they're all Russian tanks, German tanks, or U.S. tanks right now. Yeah. Um, and if you're trying not to escalate the situation, if you're trying to tone it back a little bit, saying our tanks are going to be in Red Square, not the way to do that. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I look, we, they got to end this fucking war, man. But like this can, this, the, the road that we're going down right now is 
World War III. World, it's World War III. And, you know, I, I look, they always say this. If there's World War III, World War, look, if World War III is going to be decided by nukes, then World War Four is going to be decided by bricks and bats. I think that's the. I think that's the way. I, I think it's the way. The way to say it. I forget. I. I, I forget the way, exact way it is. But basically, nuclear annihilation is going to cause. Like you think we got problems now. You we got no problems after how like after millions of Americans are dead. Like don't get me wrong. Look, we've been exporting wars where all these people die in all these other countries for a very very long time. This is the war that's going to that's going to come here because they're and they look here's the thing and they can't invade this country. If you can't invade, then you're just going to lob nukes over, and that's what they're going to do. So, We're going to blow up the world. I, well, yeah, but so I personally think that first you're going to have cyber attacks and electric attacks and try to like shut down the electric grids. Yeah, one of the things that Russia is talking about is uh, hitting electrical grids that power nuclear facilities inside ukraine which mm-hmm. would cause them to have to shut down um also russia said uh, putin said yesterday that they are withdrawing or suspending the smart treaty yeah so that means that they are no longer agreeing to not having a certain amount of armaments or nuclear weapons doesn't mean they're going to use them could be posturing we don't really know right now but uh that is where they are and then you have the defense council boss who called Putin Hitler's twin saying our tanks will be on red square and that will be justice. Things are ramping up. Things are absolutely ramping up. I'm not willing to say we're going to hit world war three, but I was, I wish I wrote this down, but I was reading a uh, article in the Washington times earlier today. And uh, some military experts were saying that this war isn't going to be over by this is 2023, April of 2024. They said that it could go on for multiple years or even decades. Oh, that sucks. And I just need them to make it to July. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> just make it to July, man. Just make it to July. And Donald Trump, please don't get arrested. Um, yes, not till. Well, he can get arrested January 2nd. Yeah, you just need him to make it through. Just make it through 2023. I need Putin to July. I need Trump all the way to, to January 2024. Yes. Because it's 2023 now. So to make matters worse, you know, other than Russia pulling out of the smart treaty, um, sun, on Sunday, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Winken, Blinken and Nod. <laughs> I hate his name. I, I hate his I, name. You know, first time I heard Blinken, it, Lincoln, like I hate, it, it so pisses me off. First time I heard it, it was Anthony Blinken. I went, Anthony Winken, Blinken and Nod. And I was just like, well, that's going to be his name. It's forever. stuck. Yeah. Um, said that uh, China is considering providing weapons and funding to Russia. He stated that if they give support or assistance to Russia, there would be consequences, which of course, this being America, means sanctions. Mm -hmm. And how often do sanctions work, Alex? I'll take never for 100 hours. (laughs) And that's absolutely good. Sanctions don't work. Sanctions end up not hurting the people you want to hurt. It hurts the people that they are in control of. Yes. Sanctions only hurt the people at the bottom of that food chain. And that is what they will end up doing to China with a bunch of people who at the bottom of the food chain are already hurting. China will still continue to get all of the money from trades and uh, through trades and everything else that they 
ship out to send over to Russia and they will continue to manufacture weapons that they will send to Russia and the people at the bottom rung of Chinese society will feel the effects of the sanctions that the U.S. gives them. Yeah. You're not wrong. Voice got a little dry on that one. No, I don't blame you. I mean, it's look, it's it's a bad scenario, and we're terrible, and we're not gonna, and it's not gonna get any better. Like, God, I hate to say it that way, but it's just. And then, of course, Zelensky, President Zelensky. um, Did you know he? You knew he was a comedian. Yeah, he was an actor. Well, actor too. Yeah, yeah, he was like a comedian. He was like a Robin Williams kind of type over there. He is not funny. No, not anymore. He lost well, he that since he wasn't humor. funny then. I watched some of his stuff and I was like, this guy's not funny. Yeah, no, it's play the piano. Like it's look, it's <laughs> now look, I, I I just have no I got again, there's no good guys in this scenario, and I don't like Ukraine and I don't like Zelensky and I don't like any of it, but you know. Yeah, and Zelensky is saying that if China supports Russia, we the the world will be in World War Three. Yeah. Well, he doesn't care. Look, look, his look, his current his country is in shambles right now, and it is in shambles because of Russia and their attacks on his country. And at this point, he's like burn it all down. Then at this point, because like if it's his shit's getting fucked up, then what does it matter? BDSM guru says China has a housing surplus. The U.S. can't say that That's because they've been killing off everybody. Uh, well, they before. built a whole bunch of stuff that nobody was living in. Well, they also killed off everybody before you know they were born. So that That's way, true. Well, that that's way, a good there's point. nobody to move into these places. Yeah, that's a good point. That the one-child policy kind of predicted that would happen at some point. Um, but they're smarter than everybody else. That's why they got to be in charge. And if we end up going to world, if we end up going to World War Three, Alex and I are in trouble. <laughs> why? Why is that? Because of where we live. Oh yeah, no, we're fucked. Yeah, we're fucked. We're fucked. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. We live in McDill. I mean, we live near Tampa. Right. Tampa's got McDill Air Force Base. That's CENTCOM, Central Command. They're going to nuke that motherfucker. They're going to nuke that motherfucker quick. Now, the only thing is, I live in Newport Ritchie. You live in, in, in you know, in, in Pinellas County. Yeah. So, I don't think you're going to instantly die, which actually doesn't make things better. It makes things worse. Yeah, I was going to say that's worse. But you're, you're probably going to survive the initial blast. You're just going to start growing a third arm. And then die. Uh... And then uh, um, Joe Hanoush, who also lives in Florida, he might be okay. He's close. He's on the bubble. Uh, where's Joe? Li- I thought Joe lived in Jacksonville. Joe, well, he lives in Jacksonville County, but I don't know where. In Duval, Ca- Duval County? Well, he lives in Jacksonville County, but I don't know where in Jacksonville County. But I do know that I saw his signs in Mount Dora, which is... Like well, hold on a second. He said, well, folks in Daytona will be okay. Actually, I think Daytona will be all right. Yeah, Daytona will probably be okay. Yeah. They're not going to, uh, they're not bombing NASCAR. Uh, Brian, I don't know how to say your last name, man. I'm sorry. Says, teach yourself to, to play the piano with the third arm. Hold on. Let me see. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Live in Volusia now, though. Okay. Oh. Often doll. Brian, did I say it right? Often doll? No end. Often doll. Oh, off the doll, off the doll, off the doll, Brian, off the doll. Okay, I'm sorry, Brian. I want to be, I would try to get it right at least, though. Would be dick move. No, 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 in, <laughs> no, in. Um, so 
Don't right bomb there, NASCAR. We are actually in one of the most tense times in the history. Mm, I'd argue the Kirby missile crisis time is probably a little bit that's, more tense. Okay, that's right. We are in the most tense times in my lifetime. Um, that's true. Yeah. Uh, we are in the most tense times in my lifetime. And uh, honestly, I'm going into this. And I don't know how you're going into this, Alex, so I won't speak for you. But I'm going into this the same way that I went into the Obama presidency and went to the Trump presidency and to the Biden presidency. I'm going to try to find the humor in all of it until I can't find it anymore. And once I hit the point where I can't find it anymore, that's when I'm going, going to actually worry. That's how I'm looking at this. Not telling you that's what you should do. That's my coping mechanism. So if you if you want to ride that train with me, try to find the humor in everything, and don't try to stress out about whether or not nukes are going to go off tomorrow. I don't think they will. I could be wrong. I hear what you're saying, and I don't necessarily even disagree. I just I. I I think it should be ridiculed and ignored at this point. Not yeah. not ignored, but like ridiculed and like not not to not talk about it because like obviously you do a satirized. show you want to talk about satirized. it. Satirize is probably a good word for it, or just to be like just to kind of to point it out. Like of like the, there's just some podcasts I listen to. One of them is the Hill Rising. Yeah. Have you ever heard of this one? Yeah. There's a guy that's on there. There's a libertarian, Robbie Suave, who's I love Robbie I like Suave. Robbie. I like Robbie. I like my Robbie. only bitch to Robbie, my only bitch about Robbie is at certain times in the show, dude should simply just point it out and say, This is exactly why I'm a libertarian. Like it's stuff like this. It's the problems that are right here as to exactly why I am um a libertarian. And should we buy gold and silver? Yeah, of course. I mean, it goes without saying. And seeds. I'll go with the seeds too. Bullets now. and seeds, yeah. Oh, so bullets and seeds. Yeah, I definitely go with all that. Yeah. But the point, the point I want to make though is it's amazing that more people are going away from being a libertarian instead of going towards being a libertarian. That part is is I like like I can't understand how you don't see everything going on right now and think, well, we just need to end all this. Like the government is the problem at the end of the day. Instinctively, it's like people know it, but then they don't know it at the same time. Like there is this weird kind of manic uh, schizophrenia going on right now. Um, and and I wish it wasn't the case, but it, it, it is like in one, like I'm, it's like doing the show. Like one week I look up and we're like, hey, people are starting to get it. Then the next week we look and we're like, oh, no, nope, they're totally not getting it. Like it's, it's. It, at any rate, though, it, to ridicule it, like in the beginning of the show that we for, for the podcast I do with Adrian, it's like save the republic or stock up on marshmallows. Man, I'm gonna tell you right now, stock up on marshmallow is really the only one we got left. Technically, what it says is stock up on marshmallows to roast on the burning embers of society. Smoldering, Smoldering embers, embers, embers of society. Oh um, God, I miss Ledge. I do miss Ledge. I, miss I Ledge. talked about him today. We talked about him today. Yeah. You know, he died in Danielle's arms. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Ledge, Ledge was a local here in the Tampa area. He was a local radio legend. And um, he was a great, great guy. And he got kicked off 98 Rock for doing Red Pill Radio. He did. Yeah. And that was a long time ago, by the way. Yeah. 
But yeah, he passed away a couple of years ago. And uh, the, every time I hear his voice on their show, uh, I, I get a warm feeling. Ultimately passed away from addiction. Was it really? I didn't know that. I well, it was it, not to get too into it, but he just wouldn't stop drinking. Uh, I thought it was cancer. No, 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 no. I never asked. End up not like end up had a cut, didn't get it cleaned, went septic, went sepsis, it went bad. And he was just because he was always going, he was always going behind the shed in order to go drink. And we, you know, he went to, he was going to A for a while. Things were going really well. He got that job over in Orlando. Things were going really good. Then he, then he lost that job for whatever reason. And I don't know, I, they, they said they were going a new direction or things like that. He came back over to Tampa or came back over to our house and stayed with us. And when he came back though, it was, I think he just felt so defeated. I think he gave up and there was nothing I could say. And to be honest with you, what I wanted him to do was to do a podcast himself because he, he had dangerous conversations. It was a great show. He's a great, he, I mean, like he would do like a, a Rogan esque podcast. Yeah. It would be a Rogan esque one. And he was doing that before Rogan was kind of doing it really. Like, I think that he would be, I think he would have done so well with it. I look, one of my failures. Oh, hang on. Give me a second. One of my failures in life was to not be able to convince him to keep living. And you know what, man? Yeah, I, I I understand where you, I a hundred percent understand where you're coming from, and uh, that is the hardest thing. There have been multiple people that since I have I talk about my addiction issues all the time on the show, but since I have gotten clean, people have reached out to me, and I've been able to help some. And I love getting the I got an update from somebody today. I won't say who because I don't want to like blast them out like that. But many of the people in here are probably friends with them. Um, but, you know, they reached six months and it was a hard six months. But I was like, hey, I'm proud of you. You're killing it. I know it's tough still, but you're killing it. But there are others that reach out to me and, you know, I give them whatever help that I can. And it's not enough. And I understand how difficult that can be. Uh, there have been a few that have shook me to the core on how difficult that is. So I absolutely get it. Yeah. No, no. I Look, I'm. Look, right now, and again, we didn't talk about this in the show and or anything like that, but we can talk about it at the end, I guess, is that, look, I'm dealing with it myself when it comes to cigarettes, is that I, look, I got Legionnaire's pneumonia a bunch of years back, like 2018, I almost died. One of the reasons I got Legionnaire's pneumonia, though, was because I was smoking, because me and Danielle were in the same place where the, that pneumonia was. I got it. She didn't. And I spent a week in the hospital. and I almost died. After that, I actually quit smoking for a long time, for several, several years. For whatever reason, stress, you, again, there's not an excuse for it. But I started smoking again. I didn't tell Danielle. As a matter of fact, I actively hid it from her. And today, <laughs> today, this morning, the cat was out of the bag. And she found out. And she is... So extremely angry with me that it's not even funny. And for anybody who doesn't know, Danielle is his wife. One of them. One of his wives. And like, 
I understand why she's upset at the end of the day. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to dismiss that because I do understand why she's upset at the end of the day. Again, to have Ledge die in your arms, to have me in the hospital for a week with the nurses and doctors saying that it's possible that I'm not going to make it. And with them saying, look, if you keep, keep if he keeps doing this, he's going to die. Knowing that I, it's harder to, to manage your blood sugar levels because I, I was pre-diabetic. It's harder to manage your blood sugar levels when it comes to that. And I know I put on more weight now because of the smoking, not, you know, like stopping would help with that. And like, I know all that stuff and it still doesn't change the Like it, it doesn't change that and quit for several years. You might as well have hang it up. Um, you made it through the hard part. You're right. But now I got to start over. Right. But now it's no, yeah. But now I, I'm starting over again. That's the, that's the difficult, like I've quit smoking numerous times and I had quit for like five years and then I started vaping mm -hmm. and it was, I started vaping when I quit drinking because my body needed something it needed some habit. And so I picked up vaping and it has been the most difficult thing to kick. Yeah. It, it is so hard. Uh, and I lied about it. Look, and at the end of the day, I did lie. look a lie of omission still a lie. I was, I, I, I look, I'm surprised it took me that took her this long to finally catch, but I just, it's been a rough day. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. It's been a rough, it's look, it not only has it been a rough day, man, it's been a rough couple months anyway, but like, it's just been, it's, it's just been rough, man. So again, I, I, I kind of waited till the end before we talked about this, but it kind of made sense at this point to at least bring right. it up. So I'm, I was already emotional enough with the ledge thing. And again, looking at that as a personal failure, you know, that you couldn't yeah. convince somebody to do the right thing, even when you saw the potential in them. But yeah, I mean, you can't blame yourself. You can't blame yourself for that. I've multiple times I've wanted to blame myself for things like that. And you can't because no, you're right. in the end, it's their decisions. And as much as, as much as you want to, as much as you want to say, man, I could have done more at, at a certain point, you can't. No, you're not wrong. Nope. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You can only look at the end of the day. You got to want to look at the end of the day. You got to want to live. Um, last time I quit smoking, the pressure of third grade got to me and I started to <laughs> so vaping makes me smoke more. There's no end to a vape. Yes. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Um, so let's look ahead to the future. Let's keep talking about the past real quick though. So you guys have probably noticed there have been some changes here at Muddy Waters. Um, Spike is no longer a co-host. He was really busy with You Are the Power, and he just couldn't show up anymore. So we parted ways. And, you know, I've had to try to figure out ways to make Muddy Waters of Freedom work and what to do with Muddy Waters Media. Um, and then recently, uh, Jason Lyon, Mr. America, uh, decided that he was going to no longer do his show. Uh, he... He said there's no ill will, and he just wanted to kind of back away and not have, you know, not do it anymore. Um, which I wish them both luck in everything that they do. Uh, you know, they're, 
Jason was at my wedding. Spike was my best man. I love them both very much. They're brothers to me, and I look forward to seeing whatever it is that they do in the future. Um, but that being said, Muddy Waters has gone under a ton of changes recently, and we've got a couple of announcements. Um, we've got a couple of announcements to make. So this is going to be the last live show for a while, but that does not mean you're not going to get shows. Instead, what we are going to do as Muddy Waters Media is Monday through Thursday, every morning, you are going to get a 15 to 20 minute episode of Muddied Waters of Freedom. It may change names to like Morning Mud, something like that. I don't know yet. Still kind of playing with some stuff, but there will be a brand new episode every morning that you will be able to listen to on your favorite podcasting platform. Or if you have Spotify, you will be able to watch it. So those are, that's going to happen Monday through Thursday. And then if you are a subscriber, you will get a full episode, a normal sized muddied waters of freedom, full episode where I will be able to be everything that you are used to seeing me as uh, for a full hour or more every Friday morning, it will come out and we will have normal shows, normal shows like this one shows by myself interviews with different people a lot of uh you'll be able to get all of that by becoming a subscriber at anchor.fm slash muddywire slash subscribe and and i don't know how often this is how often is this going to happen the midnight writer oh um i'm still working on that but at least be monthly okay so at least once a month you are going to get an episode of alex show midnight writer that i will be co-hosting with him um that i'll be co-hosting with him where he will tell stories just uber stories just uber stories. just uber driver stories not gonna be polit- i'm sorry i'll get political at points but um because that's who we are as people but uh it's going to be the funny and touching stories that he deals with we are going to be doing that there's going to be a lot more muddied waters coming i'm still working on a couple of deals with some people uh, I'm still working on a couple of deals with some people to, for exclusive videos, for exclusive content, and we are still going to move ahead, and we are going to be bigger and better, and everything is everything is going to – I'm not going to say that everything's going to change because it's not because I'm going to be here, but – it is going to be a fantastic new experience. I had to take a lot of time to think about what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it. And years ago, when this started, six years ago, my co-host at the time, he did not, he wanted to do live. I didn't want to do live. I wanted to record stuff and then put it out and then that's it. And he convinced me to go live. We ended up going live and we became more of a live show. I want to do produce shows that are engaging and fun. And the best way that I know how to do that is to give you information in, in morning drive to work segments. So that way you can hear the news and be ready for your day. And hopefully I get a chance to make you laugh when you first wake up. And then if you are a subscriber, you're going to get a full episode of this guy and whoever I have with me. And you're also everybody, not just subscribers, is going to get Midnight Rider at least once a month with me and Alex. Yeah, no, nope, it'll be a good time. And we're gonna, we still got movies coming out sometime. I don't know when, 
but they're going to be coming out. We got shorts coming out. We got a lot of stuff that's coming. Don't worry. A lot of great stuff is happening. Thank you all for being a part of this. The title of this episode is the end of the beginning. And that's because after taking some time to think, this is the end of the beginning of Muddied Waters. There's still a lot of muddied waters left to go. And I appreciate each and every one of you for being a part of this. Nice. That's a good way to close out, brother. Thanks. Um, so I'm taking off the rest of February uh, because you have no idea how much I have been working to uh, on muddy waters for the last six years. And I've enjoyed the break. But starting the first full week of Stop it. But uh Starting the first full week of March, because I think March starts on a Wednesday. So the first full week of March, you're going to get episodes every single morning of uh, me giving you the news and then a full episode for subscribers on Friday. Thank you all for being a part of this for the last six and a half years or uh, yeah, six and a quarter. Thank you all for being a part of this. You have no idea how much I love each and every one of you. Thank you. <laughs> I read, thank you, Claire Underwood. I read your comment wrong. Um, thank you all so much. I can't wait to see where this goes. I hope that all of you come along on this journey and uh, be sure when these episodes start coming out, please like them, please share them, please do whatever you can do to get them out there. Thank you all. And remember where we're going. There are no roads. We don't need roads. Oh, there, we don't need them either.